A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome along, a bonus little podcast that we're recording on the sly in a secret location. Uh, we were asked to record a podcast about signing players, about the process of identifying players, particularly with Spain in mind, because that's Terry's area of expertise. Take us back in time. We'll, we'll, we'll update the process, obviously. We'll talk about what happens now. But when, after you'd finished playing and coaching, you became a scout... Why Why Spain? Just because you liked it. And, and, and how did that process work when you first started? Uh, it was, it was, I was in the awkward but, but favourable position of being coach for Northern Ireland, which was a part-time basis. So that was 10 games a season um, where you get together, as we see now with the national teams. Nothing's changed on that part. And then trying to find another role in football that would allow me that opportunity to disappear, basically, for... 10 days, 12, 14 days at a time to go and work with Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. That was something I really wanted to do. The opportunity to work at senior international level was hadn't been an ambition of mine. It hadn't been something I thought about. But my colleague, Laurie Sanchez, became manager of Northern Ireland and asked me to join him. And so I had to come up with a solution where I could still work involved in football. And I did hear that one or two clubs were venturing into looking at permanent scouts based abroad um, this is back to 2004, um, and one of those clubs was where the manager was an old friend of mine was Bolton Wanderers, who at that time were flying high in the Premier League, um, had a list of illustrious names, far different world from where they are now, mm-hmm. Fernando Hierro and uh, uh, JJ Acocha and Ivan Campo. Um, were, were part of the team at Bolton, and Sam Allardyce was looking for scouts to based themselves abroad. Um, he already had one in France. Um, so the idea came up that I would go and base myself in Spain. Um, it was down to me where I chose. Of course, I chose the south of yeah, Spain. good choice. Costa del Sol, um, which allowed me at that time to concentrate mainly on watching Malaga, Sevilla, Betis. And when I say concentrate on those three, it, it meant I could go to their home games every week. So yeah. I, could, I had a choice of three, match, three teams a week where I could get to Malaga as local, Sevilla, Betis in the city of Seville was a two-hour drive away. I ventured up to El Maria. Um, there was numerous other smaller clubs that I ventured to as well that weren't in La Liga. Um, but I was uh, that, that's the, the part of the world I was based in. And my job was to recommend any players to Bolton Wanderers, do weekly match reports on every game that I went to on each player. Um, and then after a season where it was amicable, but I wasn't getting much feedback in terms yeah, of... Right. What Bolton were looking for, how interested they were in the Liga. And then another old colleague of mine, teammate of mine from Coventry City as well, Stuart Pierce, got the Manchester City job. And this was the Man City before they had money. Yeah. Um, and Stuart was, I sensed, more enthusiastic. And I thought there was a possibility there that they might be a little bit more keen on, on venturing into the La Liga market. 
um, which was the case actually. I think that the Stuart came out on a, two or three occasions after managing the team on a Saturday, got a flight out to where I was, joined me in Seville, joined me in Malaga and, and watched the game on a Sunday afternoon and went straight back to Manchester. So there was more feedback from, from Stuart Manchester City. So I did that for two or three years while I was still combining coaching with Northern Ireland. So it worked to a degree. As I say, it was a different Manchester City. They didn't have the money. It was Stuart came out to watch a player called Chengi Morales from Malaga. who was a big six foot five centre forward. Would have cost very little in terms of a transfer, very very little in terms of a fee. Far removed from... Uh, he was an Uruguayan big centre, centre forward. There was a handful. Far removed from buying Sergio Aguero and Pete David Silva mm. and people like that. <laughs> but I, I did recommend some players that further down the line that Manchester City followed up on. And that was with Derek Fazakali, who stayed after Stuart left and Sven was there. And, and in that time, they signed Pablo Zabaleta for, from Espanyol for about £5 million, pound, I think. And Martin Petrov was the other one that I recommended that they continue to follow up after I left them and, and went to become coach at Fulham. So there was a procedure at Manchester City, um, as I say, far removed from the millions and millions that they're spending now. But it was, you know, they were a bit, a bit more conscientious than, than, say, Bolton, who were looking into the market, a different market than Manchester City. Man City were looking for value. And at that time, it was in the Liga, the value was there. So we hear stories all the time, ever since Moneyball became a, a thing, that clubs are doing a load of work, that they're, they've got these extensive databases um, on every player. So when a player is signed, how many times is a, is a player watched? How, how extensive is it? Say when Fornells went, you know, recently went to West Ham. How many times? Obviously, Pellegrini would have known him anyway. I think the director of football at West Ham is from Malaga, yeah, yeah. ex-director of football at Malaga. So that helps. Yeah. Anything like that is a big help because you yeah. not only know, get to know the player, you know the person as well that you're mm. signing. It depends. Every club is different. Every club has young people at the club that are IT specialists that, that collate all the evidence in the world that you need in terms of statistics on every player. Um it is. It was different. I actually had a really good experience where I went as part of my pro li- pro license. Mm-hmm. You had to spend some time at a club. I was based in Spain, so I knew an agent in Spain that introduced me to Monchi, mm-hmm. um, the director of football. And I wanted to do rather than do a technical analysis, I wanted to study the art of recruitment because at that time Monchi was king. He was buying players for next to nothing, selling them for huge money, and and producing a as a director of football a team that was winning trophies. So I went and watched them and and spent some time shadowing him and then shadowing his assistant. And it was so primitive, it was ridiculous, but so thorough and detailed. They knew every player, but it was in the head. It wasn't on a computer. Right, yeah. So they had six people that worked in a classroom, six play, ex-players who all played over 100 appearances. That was a criteria <laughs> for them to be a scout yeah. for Sevilla. And they had a system where... They went off and watched games every weekend. They swapped countries where they went to. They had a classroom with, I would say, probably 10 televisions in. Not flat screens. These were old-fashioned mm. televisions hooked up to probably every illegal satellite system <laughs> you could find that would allow them to watch Brazilian League. This is over, over a decade ago. So we weren't able to stream everything. You were, they were doing it somehow. And they would then go off to watch a game in a different country, armed with a a pack of DVDs to watching their spare time on the fly. Right, yeah. um, 
on the drive if they were getting picked up and taken to a game in the hotel room of ones that other scout the other five scouts had watched. Yeah. So they all formed an opinion on a player. So that was one club's routine. Other clubs, you know, I'm sure it's moved on. A lot of it is, as I say, is based on the computer. There's tools now called Y Scout where if I speak to a club I can tell them about a player within an hour that someone will put together a twenty minute clip of Highlights, low lights, that's all packages. So, uh, how good is that compared <clears throat> to your expert eye? Nowhere near it. Right. No, because I, I've found in the past, and, and I've worked for a, a number of clubs as a La Liga consultant, no, I still am. Um, it's very frustrating that nothing much really happens, if I'm being honest. I think my biggest asset has been stopping them spending money on players that they shouldn't be spending big money on. That's happened yeah. more than actual clubs buying a player that I've recommended. So, for instance, I was asked about a player. Actually, funny enough, before I went to Fulham, they were interested in a player from Atletico Madrid, and his CV looked great. He was an international player. He was, I don't want to name the, the player because I, I don't want to be personal and critical, but he was going to cost a lot of money. And, and I said, no, it, I, I, my opinion, I didn't think he was worth it. And they were on the verge of doing this big money deal, £20 million or something, and this was... 2003 yeah you imagine the size of that deal for Fulham back then um, and in, I asked I said to them just come and watch so I actually flew up to Madrid with their scout we watched the game and he totally agreed with me but they were on the verge of without mm. watching him in the, just based on the, the agent pushing the player the CV of the player which was impressive but in the cold light of day when they actually saw him play the things that I'd spoken to them about so that saved them £20 million and that's happened more than Clubs actually taking my opinion and spending money. How how formal is the process? How formal is your relationship with the, with the club? Because you're a player and coach, so you know people. And is it the case from 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 the clubs you worked at? It's generally is it people that you've known and, and met when you were a player? Yeah. Is it that kind of networking? So it's, yes. that's quite informal. Yes, process, it, it is. It? Yeah. yeah, and and they trust me to. To, to come up with the right players, um, to give them the information that I think they should know, um, and then hopefully they, they, they act on it. Um, but I, what I have to understand is, and it is frustrating, because I see players that I think clubs should be buying, I see players that clubs in the end do buy, but two or three moves, transfers, after they should have done them. As Quetta was a good example. He went from. He, I knew he was going to be a good player at Osasuna mm. when he broke into Osasuna. Montreal was the other fullback. You both knew they were going to be. You didn't. It, it's not rocket science to go. He's good. He's good. Watch him a few times. If you watch a player too many times, you start finding fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you do get a bigger picture rather than going to watch the amount of times I've I've spoke to agents who have been to watch a player who I don't think is particularly good or suitable. But he might have the game of his life, and in that one game, an agent is—that's yeah. it. Their, their, their opinion is formed. The following week, they're going off to watch a game in France, going off to watch a game in Germany. They might not get around to watching that player again that season. So it is—it's. I think they rely on someone who knows the league, the players, and watches them on a regular basis and can form an opinion over a, a longer general period, as opposed to they might come and watch a player who, who they don't like in one game, and that—that's it. That's the end of that. Yeah. Any possibility of that transfer happening, I have to then convince them that he's actually better than how he played in that game. Come and have another look, which is hard when they're covering so many countries, so many leagues. So do, I'm, a, I'm a reference, a starting reference point. Do they cover too many then? Is it? Are you better off focusing your fire 
on a league or two. Clubs have done that, haven't they? Where clubs have signed a series of a Swansea, classically, when yep, Loudrup came. Yep. They signed a lot of players from La league, and it worked pretty well for them, didn't it, Very for a while? Well. Yeah. When you compare yeah. what they're doing now and mm. how they did at that time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think specialise in a league um, rather than try to cover every league. I mean, it, it, it is difficult. I, I could be really critical of the way that, that the clubs, I think in England, particularly in the Premier League, there's too much money involved. So they can waste money. Um, there's a number of players playing back in La Liga that have ended up being bought by English clubs, Borja Baston, by Swansea, in Buda, who's on loan at Riot. Borja Baston is, has been on loan at Malaga and Alaves. I think he's still got two years left on his deal with Swansea. And the clubs in Spain that he's been playing for can't pay the wages he's been paid at Swansea. So that investment of £20 million plus his wages is now being spread over a four-year period where they're probably going to run his contract down, won't get a fee for him, and will be paying a substantial amount of his salary mm. for three or four years. In Buda's the same as Stoke. Guido Carrillo went from Monaco to Southampton January. Was it January 2018? Um, half a season and the last season was on loan at Leganes so Leganes are not paying the wages that he earns so it's it is difficult for clubs to to get it right Um, and it's I I agree with you I think they should be more specific but I think they need to be better I really do think they need to be better it's very agent driven so an agent if he gets involved in a club and he can make deals happen um, then the club will favour him. If he recommends players, you'll be surprised how many players are bought on a recommendation of an agent because he can get the deal done. For clubs, it's so hard to get deals done because most of the players they go for are in competition with other clubs. So if an agent comes along and actually can do that deal, then you find that clubs are lean towards him because it's it's not easy to blow £100 million a year, which mm-hmm. the Premier League clubs are quite willing to do. Um, so they tend to favour, you know, rather than pick a player, do the, the due diligence, uh, work with an agent that they've never used before. And we have to accept the agent's abs- unrealistic power, mm. I think. They don't own the player. They yeah. work for the player, but they do to a degree. They are like the, 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 the third wheel now, aren't they, in the transfer. It's not club to club player. It's the agent pretty much has control of the... The, the player, which makes it difficult. So if a club has a relationship with an agent that he can push deals through, get convince the club that they're buying the right players at the right prices, then those clubs favour them rather than just pick players that they like and see then then trying to get a deal done. You know, it might not be easy to get that deal done. So it's it frustrates me that clubs in England are willing to when I was talking about Azpilicueta, they allowed him to go to Marseille first and then Marseille to Chelsea. Chelsea got money, so it doesn't matter. But there's so many of those players that you could. Pablo Fornells is another one. He's buyout clause from Malaga to Villarreal was ten million. Clubs in England I spoke to said, "Oh, I wish we'd known about that." But they should do. It's their job to know. So now Chelsea, West Ham paying twenty four million, which they don't think's bad. Supporters don't think's bad, but they could have been ten million. Rodri, Atletico Madrid, his buyout clause was twenty million a year ago. From VRL clubs in England should have dealt. We knew. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you knew. I knew he was going to be a player, and he was worth the the 20 million from VRL. But now so, it's so going to be 60 from Atletico what, a year later. Um, in fact, let's have a little break, and we'll come back and we'll have a chat about what stops the Premier League clubs being better uh, in the transfer market. Rare. Bear, bear with us. Have a listen to the break. 
To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired fitness celebrity Billy Blanks. Okay, everybody, our car just got a broken windshield. How about we blow off some steam? Now punch, now kick! Uh, Mr. Blanks, there's no need to be stressed. GEICO makes it easy to file a claim online, on the app, or over the phone. Yeah, but what if I never hear back? That's going to make me want to go jab and jab. Uh, nope. Your GEICO claims team is always there for you. Okay, do I still get my post-workout protein shake? Sure, Billy. GEICO, great service without all the drama. Welcome back. We're having a chat about how the the transfer system works, the scouting system and all of that. So just before we had the break, Terry, you were saying that the Premier League clubs need to get get better at this transfer business. They've they've obviously got the money to blow everybody else out of the water. So are they just comfortable doing that? Is Is it literally just a case that they've got so much money that it sort of blocks them being creative almost? Yeah, and and do you know what funny the, the 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 weirdest aspect of all of this is that they will pay huge sums of money for transfer fees, huge sums of money to the salaries and signing on fees of the players, huge sums of money to the agents, mm. and they pay a pittance to the scouts. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is really. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know whether I should disclose. I when I was talking about Bolton and Man City earlier, I left yeah. to go. To Man City. When I say I left to go to Man yeah. City, very little contact with the clubs in general, apart yeah. from Stuart Pearce coming out. I didn't sort of count myself as being one of the staff that's always at the Etihad or was always at yeah. a, a Bolton, the, re, the Reebok. Um, I worked for the clubs from a distance. My wages at Bolton were £100 a week and right. City offered me double, so yeah. it was £200 a week. And that was to cover the whole of Spain. And it's not that dissimilar now, is it? No, it isn't. But the guys, on, the guys with the laptops... Who are good at football manager? Yes, they're paid they're a proper full time yeah. salary. Yeah, I have no idea what they get paid. When I was at Fulham, there was probably two or three. There's probably ten now. Yeah, um, the backroom staff at all the clubs has multiplied. When I went to Fulham, it was two or three of those, two or three messer, messers, a doctor, two, half a dozen physiotherapists. The whole thing was getting bigger and bigger. But the one area hmm. where they don't pay what should be paid is to scouts. And the, one of the other problems is, whenever I see one of the scouts that I've known over the years, they're always working for a different club every time you see them. Yeah, yeah. So that information goes from with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless they Because they're, they're not treated... This is me kind of standing up for scouts. Yeah. They're not treated with the respect they deserve because it's easy to get a better job offer um, when yeah. you're not paid a lot of money. So presumably, though, the club... Retains like the director of football or chief scout or whatever retains that information. It's in they, your head. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's in the scout's head. Yeah, you can't take that out. There'd be all yeah. the paperwork, the backup. Yeah. But if you was to ask me about players from Spain, we don't need it written down. We, yeah. we know, so that goes with you. That information yeah. goes with you. And as you said, that's more valuable information than the stuff that's written on Y scouts or. I th- yeah, I think it, it, it's. I mean, ultimately, it's the system as well. In in England, we, we it gets a bit messy, doesn't it? From club to club, in who buys the player? Yeah. So, I think in Spain, in general, we've been accustomed over the years. It was new to me when I first got involved over fifteen years ago. Now, watching Spanish football about the role of the director of football. Yeah. And for a number of years in England, I kept telling people. I think it's a good idea because he stays. Hmm. The managers come and go, players come and go. You you need someone with a long-term vision. You need someone with a plan. 
um, of how the club are going to play, what type of manager they want, what type of coaches they want, how the youth system, the academy, how they're going to break through into the first team. Um, in England, it's very short-termism. It's a manager comes in, brings his own staff in, with no control of anybody else at the club. Those coaches will follow him. It might that might trickle down into like the the under twenty three, the reserve team manager leaving, a new one coming in there to coach the younger players, and then he's there a year or so. He wants to buy his players. No one really knows the direction the club are going in. In the end, you end up accumulating thirty players that no one knows who's bought them or or where the you know where the future lies. So I think there there are so many issues, and the, the director of football thing is a must. I really do think that for for all those reasons I, I just just suggested. But it's it's different in England where we don't know if it's the chief executive, we don't know if it's the chief scout, we don't know if there's head of recruitment, we don't know the director of football, we don't know how the relationship works with a manager. There's some clubs now that buy purely on stats, don't they? The the, the money ball system. That's how I know of two clubs that, that that's that's all they do. Um, I did speak to a manager that that asked me about players his club was signing. Right. Irrespective okay. of what I, yeah. he thought, what I thought, yeah. I was speaking to him on the verge of signing. Him. He was asking me, "What is this player like?" And this player was, was signing for. So, him. what stats are they looking at then? Talking- I, I, I'm I'm not a lover of it. I, I yeah. prefer the old-fashioned way of players, uh, people with knowledge mm. watching. And it's amazing how how quick I find myself making an assessment on a player. Yeah. I think half a game. Yeah. Because I I don't look for the obvious things. Yeah. I look for the ob- the obvious in terms of attributes. You don't look him and say I misplaced that pass. He's rubbish. I look for someone. It depends on what the club you're working for are looking mm. for. So you look for a player if it's a creative midfield player, defensive midfield player, different attributes. If you want a box to box midfield player, the first thing you're looking at is is he mobile, dynamic. Do you want a big centre forward, a small centre forward? Does he have goal scoring instincts? Do wingers get crosses in? Do they look to get and beat the full backs? Do they, are they tracking back? Are they helping? What's their attitude like? There's so many things you, you can look for. I don't know how that equates on a system. Right. IT uh, system. So, yeah, I mean, but they obviously, think they, they obviously think they can, don't they? Because they, you put enough in. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think it's too, it's too dynamic and chaotic a game, I think. Obviously, with baseball and and cricket totally. and stuff, it work. It, it's yeah. easier, isn't it? Yeah. Games that are more statistical. I think there's room for it. Yeah, but I still think there has to be that element of going to watch someone. Um, yeah. I think they're all good tools to have. I'm not slagging them off. I think they're good tools to have. But I think ultimately, whoever's going to buy the the player, whether it's the direct football, the manager, then they have to have that that final say. They don't just want to give them paperwork about a player. They want to see the player. And, and, mm. and ultimately, when you sign players now, it, it's changed. And every time I signed for a club, I spoke to the manager directly. It was a, a meeting of, what do you want from me? What, what do I expect yeah. from them? So, yeah. You get a, a, a glimpse into the manager's ideas in terms of, you're playing at the weekend. If we sign you, this is where you're going to play. This is who you're going to play with. And, the, and you, you, you want that feedback. Because sometimes, most times now, players sign... They, they don't have that meeting with the manager. No, that, and that's a mistake, isn't Sometimes it? the yeah. clubs haven't even got managers. Because they're, they're, the players, it's such big money, it's it's almost like doing a deal for the takeover of a company, isn't it? You're, yeah. You're a, yeah, a small company. Huge. But, the investment is huge from a club. But they are still human beings, aren't they? Because you're, yeah. you're not buying a company, are you? You're buying a young man, aren't you? Yeah, you know, so, exactly. Um, 
And I, I'm amazed there isn't that contact now between yeah. manager and player. That that's because it's become so casual now that managers come and go in a short space of time, and it's a sign of perhaps the club don't see the importance of the manager. The players then don't respect the manager as much as they should because. Mm, yeah, it's just some guy who's here. They don't even know it. Yeah, they don't even know if he wants them or not. Yeah, there's not that initial personal contact. So, does the manager? How, how does the manager ever not watch a player? Would I a, reckon so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. so they, he might be given the the Y Scout clip. Yeah, might be yeah. twenty minutes long. Yeah, half an hour might be a game. How conscientious they are! Um, but managers used to go and scout and watch games live. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, that was quite recent. That that, right. that stopped probably when I say quite recent. Probably Arsene Wenger, right? Yeah, was the first European manager to come in that never that didn't never, go and see them personally. His, his job was coaching eighteen, twenty, yeah. first team players at Arsenal. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, the manager's job was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, annual coaches, where the games we want them all covered. Meeting on a Friday about games the following week where you're all going to go and watch at every level. Mm. Um, so that was how it used to be done. So managers now, um, in a di- it's a different world. I'm not going to say it's easier because managers didn't have press conferences every day. Um, the media intensity wasn't you know as intense as it is now. Um, but they don't even go much to reserves. Mm. A lot yeah. of Premier League managers. Their job is only the first team and most of them come into it knowing it's a short period of time they're going to be working for that club so how do you expect the club to move forward with organisation if there isn't a great relationship between chairman and manager players and manager um, in terms of the, the, the no planning for the long term future and what we see now is uh, there's loads of clubs clubs in Spain Real Madrid Manchester United where the, you accumulate players that through different sets of managers, hmm. um, and no one really takes responsibility for who bought them. And then, ultimately, the big problem is moving them on. Yeah. Um, so how I'm interested in the logistics of a transfer window as well. Uh, we've seen this one, obviously, Real Madrid got straight in there. You know, it was very decisive, yep. wasn't it? It spent a lot of money very quickly. That Do you need that to happen to unlock <laughs> the rest? So in terms of, say, the English League, are we waiting for Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool to do their business? Does that then unlock yeah, I, money all the way down? I would, yeah, I, I, I think that is, is the yeah. case. I, I, in the ideal world, if it was me, the only job I would ever go back to football now is to be a director of football. I know, right, or yeah. head of recruitment. Yeah. I, I have plans I would love to put in place. And, but ultimately, I, I think it, should, it shouldn't be like that. Right, yeah. It shouldn't be like that. I sh- I, if I was a director of football now, I would know probably 10 players that I would like to sign for my manager in, with an understanding with the manager, yeah. the manager that I've picked, that I want to work with, that he agrees, and out of those 10, you might get three. Yeah. Um, but you agreed. And you're going to buy a player that he's going to want to play, not buy a player that he's going to sit on yeah. the bench. Would you want him to... it's a waste of time, waste of money. Do you want your manager to go and watch the yeah, player? I would love to, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah. And with the money that's... The, the Premier League clubs have a private jet to go and uh, actually yeah. see Oli against Solskjaer didn't we watching yeah. games at the end of last season mm. so you know he was conscientious enough to go I think he was watching opponents as opposed to rather than, rather than watching direct players um, but that's a start I mean a private jet to, you know, isn't out the means for, 
for the Premier League clubs. He's spending it's not the worst se- trip in the world. Yeah, he's spending seventy million on a guy. <laughs> he's worth yeah. doing a bit of work, isn't it? And yeah. if you play on a Saturday and the games on a Sunday, you can get to. Yeah. Um, what's wrong with EasyJet and Ryanair? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, but it is. I mean, Stuart Pearce used to jump on a flight. Yeah. Uh, Man City didn't have riches then, but it, it was not an issue for him to fly into Seville. We pick him up from Seville, take him to the game, drop him back at the airport when he went back. So it doesn't require hard work. Um, there, there are so many opportunities. I mean, even television now. I mean, I, you, you could watch all the leagues in Europe easily now. Yeah. And someone could work for a club in England at that training ground and his job would just be to study that, that league from Monday to Friday and then go and watch players at, at the weekend and then come back and watch the rest of the games Monday to Friday and you get a big picture. I know more about La Liga than the Premier League now, easily, and I've done for years. Mm. So why can't clubs have someone like me doing Spain, France, Italy, Germany, Belgium, Holland, who live there, work there, or watch it all 10 games every week, which is what we do, because it's, it's our job. So why can't clubs pay... It doesn't have to be ex-players, but there's a connection there between ex-players, being a bit more conscientious. And we, we live in now a world where most of these big clubs in the Premier League have got ex-players that are Italian, French, German, yeah. Spanish, South American, that won't mind the, the, the role of scout for that league on a permanent basis um, because they have a connection with a club and you know if you're Tottenham Hotspur and Ricky Villa is living in Argentina why can't he I don't know if he does Why well, I, I doubt it why don't he recommend players from that league to just as a starting point as a reference so you, you cover as much as you can um, I don't want to go back on a saying earlier you specialise but I think if you specialise on the big leagues yeah um, and then you could have someone specialising on Holland-Belgium combined. You know, not every player in Holland and Belgium league is worth watching, but there are enough players that come out of those, but they generally play for the best and the bigger teams. So there is, there are ways of, of doing it. Do we get it right? No. Is there a need for clubs in England, in the Premier League in particular, to get it right? No, because they can... They can lose money doing it. So last question. Last question. So if you see a player coming through at a you know bottom end La Liga team or mid table La Liga team, what would you what would you do now? What 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 do you who you don't have to say the names of the clubs if you want to if you don't want to. But you know, do you think? Hang on, this kid's a bit good. Then you will pick up the phone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's simple as that. Simple as that. They they, in general they don't ask me to fill in a report because they've got people that can study the player. Yeah. Paperwork. How many appearances? They go on the same websites that I do to find that information. But then they've got Y Scout. They can put together a clip. after I've told them that's that's my role done. Then you, yeah, okay. I hope I can remind them. Yeah. Um, which I do. Yeah. Um, and and hope that eventually they they, they go and watch them. Uh, they uh, might turn around and say we're not we're looking. That's not a player we're looking for at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, not position yeah. or not the type. As I mentioned, all those different players earlier: big striker, mm. small striker. You know, centre back. One that plays out the back, one that just heads it and clears it. Mm. Fullbacks that push on one. It's so many different types of players in the in the one to eleven. Um, but if I, I I do persist, I do try um, to to keep them informed and do try to to persuade them to to take what I tell them serious. Cool.
Well, you'll have to let us know if you if anyone signs who yeah. you've you've uh, been giving the uh, the nod to. Yeah, I've, I've recommended Messi, <laughs> both Ronaldo's and Zidane so far. Over yeah, the past few years, yeah, they all turned out to be decent. Yeah, someone could have had them. They? <laughs> someone could have been first to them. <laughs> do you know what? There are people that are like that. I yeah. do believe loads of scouts. <laughs> oh, could have signed him and managers. We could yeah. have signed. Well, why didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we hope you've enjoyed it. That's a, a little transfer uh, system special. We'll be back with the regular podcasts with the, the the transfers that are happening, and then obviously looking ahead to the new season and all of that soon. So yeah, keep with us. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>